0: I'll be reading from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus you, who once were far off, have been made near by the blood of Christ. Well, it is so good to see each of you this morning, especially if you are visiting with us. We are certainly glad that you are here with us today. Have you ever thought about or spoken the words concerning your life, no hope? I believe most people have, and at least in some sense. No matter how short a period of time, have felt that way at some point in their lives. There just is no hope. But was it really a hopeless situation? Were the circumstances so dire that life was imminently about to be lost? Well, I think most people have felt no hope at one point or another, but by and large, most of us have been able to see the light at the end of the tunnel and to be able to carry on through the things that have happened in our lives even though we felt like there was no hope. Most people have discovered that life is worth living and that there are things in life worth living for. There are people who love us, people who we love, things that we can grab onto, things that we can hold to, things that we can cherish. And there was an answer to the problem even when we thought it was unanswerable at first. We can often feel like there is no hope. But have you ever wondered why so many people have come to the conclusion that there's no hope while many others have worked through that emotion and that feeling to discover that there actually is some hope? And why that is the case? I believe the reality of that is that they have realized that there is something Better. Recently in the news, I've been reading for seems like several weeks and maybe months now that there have just been a slew of suicides by people that we would look at in this world as being very fortunate. Now, the people, of course, that we read about in the news are celebrities of some kind, maybe musicians or. movie stars or TV personalities or something, and we don't mention them because we think that their loss is any greater than any human life being lost, but it is just that it is out there in front of us, and that we know probably a little more about them than we would just your average person walking down the street because they've opened themselves up to the public. Back in 2014, well-known actor and comedian Robin Williams died by suicide, by hanging himself on August the 11th, 2014. Now he had some great health issues. He suffered from Lewy body dementia and Parkinson's disease. But you know, when we look at it, there are millions of people in the world that suffer from similar diseases, but they did not decide that there was no hope in this world. They continued to live. So there must be something about this man's life that caused him to come to the understanding that there was no hope and that he needed to simply take his own life. Well, let's back up just a little bit and see if we can be reminded of some things that he told the world about in his life. Back in the 70s and the early 80s, he was addicted to cocaine. But in 1982, he became sober He gave up that lifestyle, or at least he tried to, but in 2003 he began to drink again. And he went into recovery again. But that didn't last as long as he wanted to again. In the mid-2014 he began to drink again, and, and of course, ultimately, he took his own life. When we look at his personal life, and I don't pretend to know the details of his personal life, but he was married to his first wife for a period of time, a pretty good period of time. But then he divorced his first wife, but prior to that marriage dissolving, his second wife, who was the housekeeper, the nanny, or something along those lines, became pregnant with one of his children, and so he married her. Well, that marriage did not last either, and he went on to marry the woman who was his wife at the time of his death. There was something missing in his life, something he kept searching for, something that he needed to get a hold of because he felt like there was no hope in his life. The last couple of days I read in the news about celebrity chef personality Anthony Bourdain. Killed himself on June the 8th. He was found dead, suicide by hanging. He used the belt from his bathrobe from the hotel he was staying in in France. Bourdain was also married three separate times. The first time he was married for, I believe, about 20 years. He was married for a few years after that, which produced an 11-year-old child that he left behind, a little girl. And then he was married, or at least had a girlfriend he was with at the time of his death. His life, when you read about his life, was a life of excess and disregard for God and really for man. He's quoted as saying this, referring to religion. He said, "Tried and respect it. I respect people that practice as they preach, but hypocritical religious types make me angry." He said, "I'm closer to Hitchens' view on this. He's an atheist." Many of the world's ills can be tracked back to religion. That said, I've worked with and have been treated very well by many lovely people who believe in one God or another, and I respect that. Something's missing in his life. Have you ever wondered why someone feels like there's no hope? I have a pretty good idea why Mr. Bourdain felt like there was no hope. In his book, Kitchen Confidential, he wrote about working in the culinary industry and he said, We were high all the time, sneaking off to walk in the refrigerator at every opportunity to conceptualize. Hardly a decision was made without drugs, cannabis, methaqualone, cocaine, LSD, psilocybin, mushrooms soaked in honey and used to sweeten tea, cecobarbital, tunol, amphetamine, codeine and increasingly heroin, which would send a Spanish-speaking busboy over to Alphabet City to get. Something missing in that life. That sounds like a life to me of no hope. You know, many people in the world take their own lives, or they live lives that are miserable, because in their minds they have no hope in this world. Now one aspect of that is true. Without God, without the underlying belief in Christ Jesus, His sacrifice for humanity and exactly what that belief can lead to, without all of that, there is no hope in this world. But you know, even if someone has all of those beliefs, and they truly have that sentiment in their hearts, and they believe in God, they believe in Christ, and they are New Testament Christians... But if they have chosen anything in this world above and beyond God to try to fill some kind of void in their life, to be able to reach out and have some kind of semblance of hope, they're looking in the wrong place and they too have no hope in this world. If that's what they're doing. Just as those of whom we have spoke this morning, those kinds of people have no hope in this world because they're separated from God. Now, we can find ourselves in positions of feeling like there's no hope in this world, but we don't have to. We can prevent that, but in order to do that, we must be willing to submit to the God of heaven. We must be willing to allow Him to fill the void in which we have discovered is in our lives. It's just like the man who the Lord said the spirit, the evil spirit was cast out of him, but his insides, his spiritual man was like a house had been swept clean and empty. And nothing else took the place of that wicked spirit, so he came back and brought seven other wicked spirits with him. And the man was worse off than he was before, because he did literally have a hole inside of his life. We have to be able to please God and God has provided all of us, Peter said, that pertains unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. 2 Peter 1.3 From time to time we have to be reminded that we have hope in this life, don't we? From time to time we have to be reminded to look around and see exactly what we have for which to hope and that grounds us in this life and what the result of that hope can be if we will access it. To do that, let's examine Paul's statements to the church of Christ in Ephesus. Let's look at those people who at one time had no hope in this world and determine why there can be no hope and what we can do to prevent it. What can we do to have hope in this life? And I've entitled this sermon this morning, No Hope. But see, we want to get around that. We want to get to the point where we can have hope. And I want us to begin with the very first reason the Ephesians at one time had no hope, and it is because they didn't have a home. There was no home. Paul told them as we begin this passage, Brother Wayman read for us, he said, Wherefore, remember. They needed to remember something. They needed to remember some things now. National and racial backgrounds of other saints are of no concern to the redeemed. No concern. We don't care, right? No notice is taken of such distinction as we go about spreading the gospel of Jesus. I've traveled to foreign nations. I've spoken to foreign people who are of different nationalities and race. And and do you know what stuck out in my mind of our differences Nothing other than the fact that we had different religious beliefs. I was trying to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ to people who were Hindus, people who were Muslim, people who were of various man-made denominations in the world, and that was the difference I focused on. The redeemed could care less what racial background or ethnicity someone else is. However, Paul did call to attention some differences. The fact that prior to their conversions they were Gentiles. They were not Jews. He said they were called the uncircumcision by the Jews who were called the circumcision. There were some problems there. There was some hatred there. But under the gospel system there is no difference. There's no difference from one person to the next person. And for them to be able to truly appreciate what they had in Christ, they had to be reminded. They had to be reminded. Now, those who we spoke of earlier, who took their own lives, could be described in a similar way. Their previous conditions were something that They wanted to get away from They wanted to avoid those Gentiles. Those Gentiles who at one time were, were not members of the Lord's church. They didn't have a relationship with God before they obeyed the gospel. They were living in this world without the gift of life that God offered them through Jesus Christ and they were just doing whatever it is they wanted to do. And that formed inside them an emptiness that only God can fill. And those people had to be reminded, explaining the peace that, of God that we have through the faith of Jesus Christ. Paul said, telling those in Rome, he said, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5, beginning with verse number 1 by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That is what our hope rests upon. Later on, Paul would talk about the ungodly having no hope, Romans six twenty three, when he said, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. They had no hope because they had no home. They had no home because they were not children of God in any sense of the word. They had not given themselves. Now in times past, they didn't have that covenant relationship, but they should have still followed after the laws of God. They had no hope because they had no, they had no home. And Paul wanted to remind them of what caused that, and that was rebellion. Rebellion. The rebellion prior to obeying the gospel is described first as without Christ. They didn't have Christ. They were on the outside of Christ, separated from all spiritual blessings. Ephesians 1 verse 3. But every soul that has ever been lost or whoever will be lost, no matter what time period in which they lived, is outside of Christ. The examples of Robin Williams and Anthony Bourdain point to that. Being outside of Christ, not having a belief in God, only living life to, to satisfy self. They took their own lives because they felt like there was no hope and there wasn't any hope in their lives because they didn't have God in their lives. They didn't have Christ in their lives. They had chosen to be outside of Christ and their lifestyles attest to that. It is so sad when we look around the world and we see people like that who are just throwing their lives away and they're placing themselves in positions to have no hope in this world. That has got to be the worst feeling in the world. And it's heartbreaking because it didn't have to be that way. You see, rebellion in God always ends in punishment. Throughout the Bible, that has been the case. And Christ warned His disciples, Matthew 10 beginning with verse 32, He said, therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him will I also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whosoever denies me before men, him will I also deny before my Father who is in heaven. And when we look at this idea of making that confession, and we look at the sentence structure, and we do the word studies, and we understand that that confession is a lifestyle. That confession isn't a one-time acknowledgement that I believe Jesus to be the Son of God. Now we do that prior to baptism, Acts 8 verse 37. But in Matthew chapter 10, that's a lifestyle. And when we do not live that lifestyle, we are in rebellion to God. In Christ's denial of the unfaithful, as we stand before the, the judgment bar of God always ends in punishment. Luke 13, 27. At one time, these Ephesian Christians to whom Paul is writing, they didn't have a home because they weren't children of God, because they were without Christ in the world. And that left them with no hope. That's our second point. The second description Paul gave of their condition prior to obeying the gospel is that they were strangers to God. They didn't know God. Now, God knew them. He knew who they were. He knew their lifestyles. He knew what they needed to do. And He knew what they weren't doing. But they didn't know God. And they didn't know God because they didn't want to know God. They were aliens, Paul said, from the commonwealth of Israel. Now, of course, during the time of the Old Testament, An alien of the commonwealth of Israel was someone who was not a citizen of Israel. It was a foreigner. Now thankfully, the law of Christ took away the separation of Jew and Gentile, thankfully for us, because we're not Jewish. But now we can still have a covenant relationship with God, because that's been taken away. But the Gentile at one time did not enjoy a relationship such as that with God. Israel had been blessed, hadn't they? They'd been blessed with the oracles of God, they'd been entrusted with God's Word, but they had a very long and distinct history of being disobedient to God, Acts chapter 7, 51 through 53. Now as we look over through the course of history and we look at the way things were, the Jew, of course, had an easier time accessing the Word of God because it had been given to them. But the Gentile was expected to still obey the universal laws of God. They were expected to obey them every bit as much as the the Jew was. And we go back to their being told to remember. They needed to remember, didn't they? They needed to go back in their minds and remember what it was like when they didn't have access to those oracles of God. Paul said, you need to remember what it was like when you were Gentiles and you were aliens from the commonwealth and you were strangers to God and you didn't have access to the oracles of God that was given freely to Israel and you knew how hard it was to get into access to those and and have them in your lives. But you still had to do it. But oh, how much easier it is now because now you have Christ in your life. Now you have a home and you're you're not without hope, but see at that time they didn't have a home and there was no hope because they were strangers to God. They were stripped of that hope. There isn't hope outside of God. We may indulge in drugs and alcohol and in any other fleshly appetite to try to fill up something that's missing in our lives, and there is absolutely no hope in this life without God. It does not exist. Paul said, before becoming Christians, they were strangers to the covenants and promises of God. Now, Israel's relationship to God began with Abraham. It began with Abraham because he became the father of the Hebrew nation, Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Now, that promise wasn't given to the Gentiles. Thankfully, because of Christ, we enjoy that promise today, but at that time, it wasn't given to the Gentiles. But we can look back over the history and we understand those who sought after God's universal laws. Paul said that they were a law unto themselves, speaking of the Gentiles. There were those Gentiles who sought out God, who wanted to do the things that God asked them to do, Romans 2, 14-15. And that tells us they were bound by those universal laws. They just simply didn't have that covenant relationship. But they still had hope in this world because they obeyed Him. There were Gentiles that wanted to be that way. We see examples of that. Matthew chapter 2, remember the wise men who went and visited Christ after His birth. They sought after God. They weren't Christians. Christianity didn't even exist at that time. During the the old law, we had people like Cornelius... Or that was during the New Testament he obeyed he was living after the old law, but there were provisions in the old law, and Cornelius tried to live up to that, though it was a defunct religion, and Peter taught him, but he was what we might call a stranger in the gate. He lived after the laws of the the Jew. but we have the benefit now of that promise made to Abraham the bleakest. Most discouraging words, I believe, can ever be uttered in the human language is there is no hope. There is no hope. Humanity has a history of overcoming some very difficult and harsh circumstances, don't we? But do you know how we've been able to do that over the last 6,000 years of this earth's existence? That's how old the earth is. We look back and we we see the lineages of the Bible. Earth isn't billions and billions of years old. It's 6,000 years old. But that's a long time. You know how humanity has been able to overcome dire circumstances? Because they held on to a sliver of hope. Hope will encourage us. Hope will keep us going. It stimulates us. It it causes us to reach forward in spite of the obstacles that are in front of us. But the sad part is there is no hope outside of God. And we live in the Christian age, there's no hope outside of Christ. I believe that was the main problem of the two men we have talked about this morning. No hope in their lives, they were outside of God. All they had in this world was all that they in their minds could provide for themselves the comforts of this world, the indulgences of this world. Have you ever been on vacation and you had to eat out most of the time you were gone and you get home and you have just had to eat out and eat out and you just get sick of eating? You're just tired of eating. Because you can't be at home and you can't eat something that's fairly good for you. Everything's fried and greasy and You know, that's an indulgence in this life, isn't it? Don't we just get tired of indulgences? We can overindulge, and that's why that term is in existence. We can overindulge in anything, and that's all these men had in this life was overindulgence. They overindulged in almost every aspect of their lives to fill a hole up that was within their very souls, and they simply couldn't do it. They could not provide for themselves the things they needed most. Eternal life, heaven, salvation. But those to whom Paul wrote, they were at the time of his writing, Ephesians chapter 2, enjoying the promise given to Abraham and his descendants because Christ gave himself, and because of that they had a new hope. That's our third point. They had a new hope. Having described their former condition with strong language, Paul then turned to the fact that he affirmed their present state was to be highly exalted. Go back and remember how it was before. Now look at where you are now and how wonderful that position is in life and where you are. Before, he says, they were far off. But Christ changed all of that, didn't He? Peter described for us the preciousness of that very gift. Read with me. 1 Peter 1, beginning with verse 18. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Christ's sacrifice was not a temporal thing, it is eternal, it is special. And it didn't live for just a short period of time. All things in this world are going to end. All the overindulgences in this world will come to an end. All of the beautiful things that we can enjoy and still be pleasing in the sight of God is going to come to an end one day. All those things that Mr. Williams and Mr. Bourdain enjoyed in this world and the things they tried to use to fill their lives up they no longer mean anything to them right now. They no longer hold any kind of allure to them right now. It's all worthless and meaningless because it was designed to end. The things that truly matter in this life, the spiritual things, the eternal things, will never pass away. Mark thirteen thirty one. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. John 12, 48 tells us those are the words by which we will be judged. The eternal Word of God. Not the temporal things of this life. Thankfully, Christ changed our position with God. Christ did that, and because Christ did that, He brought us close. Paul said, now you're nigh. You're close. You're close at hand. Paul told the Ephesians that the blood of Christ brought them close to God. It took that blood. That brought them close to God and they were no longer afar off. They were no longer separated. That wall of partition was taken down. You know, not only do the words of Christ bring us close to Him, they put us into His body, which is the church. Colossians 1, verse 18. Paul said this, Galatians three, twenty six and 27. Now remember, he wasn't talking to the general public. He wasn't talking to people who had not obeyed the gospel. Galatians chapter 1, he was talking to the church in Galatia. He said, For you are all the sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. When we're obedient to Him, He remains by our side. That gives us hope, doesn't it? The writer of Hebrews said, Hebrews 13, 5, Let your conduct be without covetousness, Be content with such things as you have. For He Himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. See, we can't allow a lifestyle to permeate ourselves that causes us to walk in such a way in this world that Christ will not be with us. We have to be careful about that. We have to focus on that. Christ stood by Paul in the very most difficult times of his life. 2 Timothy 4, verse 17, and He will remain with us also. That ought to give us hope. Now there are a lot of people in the world who have no hope because they reject God. They've given up on God. They've rejected Christ, but that never, never needs to be the case. We have all the hope in the world in Christ Jesus. We have the hope of eternal life. And if we hang on to that hope, He'll help us navigate this life. We can go through the difficult times that are presented before us. And when we have Christ in our lives, we can not only endure life, but we can enjoy the things that He's left for us. There's nothing greater than the fellowship that exists between those of like precious faith. There's nothing greater than having a husband or a wife with which you can enjoy eternity in which you can enjoy the fellowship of other Christians and each other in this life. There's no greater joy than having that great hope that says it'll be okay in the end. No matter what happens in this life, it'll give us the strength to carry on. The writer of Hebrews said, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, Hebrews 11. When we long for the heavenly home, we have the reasonable expectation that we can have that. Now, that's the substance. The substance is belief on Jesus Christ that He is who He said He was. And when we believe that He is who He said He was, John eight twenty four, we'll willingly repent of our past sins, we'll turn our lives over to God, we'll get rid of the overindulgences in this life, we'll focus on Him, we'll repent of those things, Acts 3, verse 19 will willingly make that good and great confession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, Acts 8, 37, then we will live that confession, Matthew 10, 32, and 33. When we do that and we continue to live that way and we endure to the end, Matthew 10, he will provide for us a home in heaven. But that takes being immersed in water to wash away all of those past sins. Unless we get rid of the sin, we can't have eternal life. Acts 22, verse 16. And Then we'll maintain. And we'll keep going. And we'll have hope. And that only happens through obedience to what He's left for us to do. If you, if you feel like you're in this world and you have no hope because of things that have happened, you haven't obeyed the Gospel, there's hope. Christ is there. God has provided that for us. If you've never obeyed the Gospel... Take those steps today. Do that, and you'll have a whole bunch of people who will be your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you have done that and you've become unfaithful, come back to God today. Renew your hope in Christ that He'll save us in the end. If you have need to do that at this time, let that be known as we stand and as we sing.